You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast, which is brought to you by Tacticam. This is your home for all things outdoors in the Badger State, and I'm your host, Josh Rayley. Thank you so much for tuning in again with us this week. It is officially April, and man, for me, for some reason, it's like when, when the calendar flips over to April, I'm full bore turkey and fishing mode. I love whitetails. I really, really do. I've got a whole podcast devoted to just whitetails, the How to Hunt Deer podcast, but I have such a hard time in this window of like April and May, and even a little bit of June, to be honest with you. I have such a hard time getting myself to think about and focus on whitetails. I'm so focused on fishing and turkey hunting this time of year, and that's going to last a little while. Now, as soon as July rolls around, I'm back in deer mode. And I am in deer mode on through the winter, but man, something about the month of April, I guess I just equate it with too much good stuff, too much good fishing, too much good turkey hunting. But uh, yeah, we got a good episode for you today. I got a chance to talk with Mr. Dan Johnson from the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, the emperor of the Sportsman's Empire podcast network. And we get into all kinds of good stuff. We're in that time of year right now where I'm actually beginning to plan for not only my uh, turkey hunts that I have coming up, but also my... um, my archery hunts this fall and while i am uh, living in the state of georgia i've actually not hunted for turkeys here on my own for myself yet i've taken my kids out tried to get them on a bird i probably won't get out for the next couple of weeks until i make it to iowa now iowa is going to be my first stop on my gosh i don't want to call it a turkey tour because that's so overplayed at this point but on my trip for hunting turkeys right i'm going to make my first stop in iowa I've got a second season tag there, and I have never been to Iowa. So I have a couple of goals. Number one, obviously kill a turkey in Iowa. Number two, get a little bit of scouting done because I've got, as you'll hear in this episode, I'm going to have, as of May 1st, I'll have four points for deer hunting in Iowa. So I want to do some deer scouting while I'm there. So I wanted to talk to Dan about a couple of things. Number one, he does a lot of travel trips and just to say, hey, all right, Dan, what do I, what am I going to forget? Like, What do I need to be prepped for? What would you prepare a guy to uh, make sure he has figured out before he goes? Uh, Also to kind of get a lay of the land. All right, Dan, what can I expect when it comes to turkey hunting in the particular part of Iowa where I'm going to be? And then also finally, how do I as a non-resident step into Iowa and do some meaningful deer scouting without just being absolutely overwhelmed? I've talked to a lot of other guys before who've just said, man, when you get there, the sign is unreal. It's unlike anything else that you're gonna see anywhere else. And I feel like that could potentially stop me from making good choices when it comes to 
scouting and deer hunting. So I talked to Dan about all that good stuff. We also talk about parenting. We talk about Dan's ideas for a new children's book called The Volcano Dad. We definitely need to come out with that thing. And yeah, just a great conversation with Dan. Glad he could come on. Uh, a little bit of an update from me. Like I said, uh, man, it's turkey season. I am full blown in turkey mode right now, thinking about turkeys. Uh, a little bit of fishing. Got some of that coming up as well, but uh, mostly turkeys. And as I'm planning my trip right now, uh, one of the really, really helpful tools that is that is getting me where I feel like I need to be as far as being prepped is the Onyx Hunt app. Um, I've mentioned before, they're one of the partners of the show. I went in, I found the zone where I was going to be. I found a, a town where I felt like I could have kind of all the things I need, right? Like I've got a place to stay. I know some people right around in there. And there are a lot of public land options right around that I can hop from one property to the next if I can't find what I'm looking for. So basically what I did was go on Onyx and use the uh, range feature and so I started with the campsite and I made a 10 mile range around that. And I went in and I marked every single public hunting spot and the parking lots to map out the access for this. And what this allows me to do is now I'm gonna go back in and start picking out some high points, picking out the ag fields, picking out the areas where I think the turkeys are gonna be hanging out. But it gave me a good starting point to know, all right, here are the properties you can go to and try. Here are the places you park for them so that when I show up, even if I don't do anything else, I know I've got some places to go, park my vehicle, get out of the car and listen for turkeys gobbling. This trip was kind of a last minute thing. I bought a tag just on a whim, wasn't planning to go to Iowa this year, but the Onyx Hunt app has gotten me very, very quickly ready to go with this. So if you haven't checked out Onyx already, do go to their website, onyxmaps.com or go to the app store of your choice and simply look up the Onyx Hunt app. You will not be disappointed. And speaking of turkey season right now, our friends over at Tacticam have got a couple of good packages going on right now. Number one, they've got their ultimate turkey package. You get a 6.0 camera, a barrel mount, and an extra battery for just $299, and you get free shipping with that. You're gonna save 50 bucks if you go with that package. One thing I'm trying out new this year is uh, hunting with a red dot. So I have not done that in years prior. My kids have a, well, I bought a 410 a couple of years ago, put a red dot scope on it for my kids. This year, I think that gun is gonna get carried around by me. My kids love it, but I just realized, man, that thing's a lot lighter than my 12 gauge and I just really, really enjoy shooting it. So I'm gonna take that bad boy out and Tacticam has right now, for those of you who use a red dot, their Turkey FTS package. Now what this comes with is a solo extreme camera, the FTS system, which is a film through the scope, which attaches right there to your red dot scope, as well as an extra battery. And you're gonna get all of that for just $251.98. Now what that is is a 30% savings. You also get free shipping with that. So head over to Tacticam.com, get all geared up for turkey season. If you're looking to start filming your hunts, there's no better time than turkey season because turkeys just come in, they act foolish around the decoys, uh, is just fantastic. So, so yeah, go check them out, Tacticam.com. Also, if you are looking to add some new camo to your arsenal, go check out HuntworthGear.com. Huntworth makes great camo with great patterns at a fraction of the cost of some of the other high-end camo out there. I personally, huge fan of the tarnin pattern. And for a lot of these early season turkey hunts, I'm probably gonna be wearing some of the Elkins line when I'm hunting up north. Hopefully, if the days warm up just a little bit, I'll be in my Durham lightweight pants, which are awesome. They got a little bit of stretch to them. They've got a reinforced seat, reinforced knees. So uh, yeah, they're gonna keep you comfortable. They're gonna keep you cool. So go check them out, huntworthgear.com. 
with all that stuff out of the way, let's jump right into the episode now, talking about all things turkey hunting and deer scouting with Dan Johnson. Join me for this week's episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast is the emperor from the Sportsman's Empire, Mr. Dan Johnson. Dan, what's going on, buddy? Not much, man. Wisconsin. I thought we were going to be doing the uh, the How to Hunt Deer podcast, but Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot of, I know a lot of guys in Wisconsin. Well, you know what? It's funny. We started, when we first started talking, um, you know, about possibly bringing on a show for, specifically for Wisconsin. Uh, we were talking back and forth a little bit, and then I heard you on another episode. You were talking about Wisconsin, and you mentioned yeah. you knew a guy that lived in the town where I lived. And I was like, "What in the world are you you had at one time?" And I was like, "What a small, yeah. what a small world, you know that that he knows somebody that lives here." So, um, anyway, but yeah, man, we uh, I'm a few weeks ahead on the How to Hunt Deer show. This Wisconsin okay. one, though, I'm kind of you know trying to trying to catch up on it. I got like three weeks ahead on the How to Hunt Deer podcast, but. And I wanted to talk to you on this one because um, I bought a an Iowa turkey tag as a yes, non-resident. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've never bought an Iowa turkey tag as a non-resident, um, the sticker shock is real. Like, they're not cheap. How much was it? It was $276, I think. Now we, I guess we love our turkeys. Dude, you, you guys really value your turkeys. They're, like, real important <laughs> to you. Um, so the the tag itself was 120, the license was 120, and then there was a habitat, I guess, stamp or something that I had to get yep. on top of that. So, yep. uh, yeah, ended up being pretty expensive, but was great because number one, I've always wanted to hunt Iowa. Number two, yep. uh, I wanted to extend my season because uh, I'm going up for a week in Wisconsin. I'm going to have a one week turkey season. I thought, man, that's a long way to go for just a week of turkey hunting. I'd love to extend it. So I was able to yeah. extend it over there in, in, into Iowa in zone six. And I also am about to buy on May 1st when they're when they're available as a non-resident, my fourth point for Iowa. Mm. So I'm getting up there to where I can really realistically start like planning my Iowa trip for deer. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's super exciting, but I was like, I, I want to talk about turkeys because I'm going to be turkey hunting and, and just like planning an out-of-state trip in general. I know you do f- a fair bit yeah. of that, and you go to places that are like, you know, I'm so far from home, I'm not just going to turn around tonight if I forget something, right? Like you're right. you're heading west, you're kind of out in the middle of nowhere, you're not exactly staying like in towns and stuff. Uh, right. So I thought that'd be valuable. But then number two, I'm going to be doing some deer scouting while I'm in Iowa as well. And man, mm-hmm. as a non-resident, as a guy that's coming from, you know, right now, scouting around in the hills of North Georgia, uh, or even, you know, some of the places where I hunt in, in southern Wisconsin that are really good, the sign, I feel like, is going to be a lot different. Like, it's just yeah. going to be a whole new world to try to interpret, uh, you know, what it is that I'm looking at. So I thought, I need to get Dan on and figure out what I can expect. Yeah, yeah. Well, what dates are you coming for Turkey. So my tag is good for the 14th through the 18th. 14th through the 18th. So yep. that would be, and that's with a firearm, right? Yes, uh, it gun. is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's the second second season. Yep. Second I think season. It is. There were second there were season. 22 of those tags left over. Uh, okay. And so I had a buddy call me. He was like, "Hey, we got 22 tags left over for this zone. You better buy one." So I snagged. And it what up. what what zone? That's zone six. Now, do do the zones work different for non-residents when it comes to turkey? 
Uh, or are there I no zones when it comes to residents? I don't think so. I okay. think the zones are the same for deer and turkey. I'm almost positive. Well, so zone six for turkey is in like northeast. Yep. And if I'm correct, zone six for deer is like southeast Iowa. Is that right? No. Isn't it further south? Maybe. Okay. I, I, I think so. Okay. I, well, you know, as a non-resident or as a resident, I really don't look at all of those things too terribly much. Sure. I just thought this, the the zones were the same across the, you know, across the state for both species, but obviously not. Yeah. I think they're different for, for deer and for turkey. So what I'm going to be in for turkey would be like zones eight and nine for deer. Mm-hmm. I think something like that. So, okay. uh, and those are obviously- so you're gonna be- you're going to be in Northeast Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. And yep. so like the, the, I've got four, I'll have four points in May. I'm not yep. going to blow those four points on zones eight and nine for deer because I can get those zones with a lot fewer points. So I'm going to keep saving right. for Southern Iowa and just do it right. Like get the five or six points or whatever it takes me. Or, you know, I, I think most guys can probably get it with five points and an application or whatever. Yeah. And so I'm going to keep holding on and, and, and try to hunt the Southern Iowa, get the Southern Iowa experience, but I am going to hunt kind of while I'm up there. Maybe hopefully I'm, I'm thinking I'll kill a Turkey pretty quick. I, I don't know. We'll see. I may not get one at all, but, um, yeah. so then maybe head South and do a little bit of scouting, but, uh, man, let's, let's hone in on, uh, first of all, what the heck's going on with you? I've got kids running around upstairs right now. Like I can hear pitter patter, uh, kids are on spring break. So in the world of Dan Johnson, where are we at right now? Last week was a breeze, man. There was nothing going on this week. We have baseball. We have wrestling. We have football. We have dance. And so we are getting into just overload right now. I mean, Dude. just straight up overload. Uh, we, I made the mistake of signing my son up for spring football, uh, not necessarily knowing that it was going to be, and they didn't have a coach. Uh, and so guess who volunteered to coach me you got sucked in. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Got sucked in. And so I'm, I'm assistant coach on baseball. I'm head coach for football and, oh. uh, yeah. And so then I'll take my, you know, on Tuesdays. So I'm, I'm busy. So my wife's going to have to take my daughter to dance on some nights, my son to soccer practice, my other son to soccer practice, uh, my daughter to uh, wrestling practice on Tuesdays. And she wants to play uh, softball as well. So wow, who knows, man? I just like, I, I, I wake up like there's sometimes I wake up. I'm like, it's Monday again. Like it, it's just, it's just crazy how fast time's going by. Dude, yeah, so this isn't like this isn't like just sports that are like overlapping like one season's ending and a new one's beginning. This is like all of these all are three kids. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, okay. all three kids are on top of each other. So All right. I don't know, man. Is is what it is. I can sit here and bitch about it, but uh truthfully, it's fun. You know, I, I really yeah. enjoy watching my kids do their activities and um I'm you know, I'm really looking forward to my daughter's dance recital and uh, and uh, my son, you know, being able to coach my son is something that, uh, you know, I think here pretty soon, like I can only do it so much longer with my oldest son until he starts getting into 
uh, a category of sports where he's going to need a coach that they actually know what they're doing, right? It's not just like, okay, <laughs> fast kid, you run this way, or yeah. fast kid, you run that way, right? Yeah. And so they're, you know, they and at that, at some point, my my expertise will will not do them justice anymore, and so they're going to need real coaches. And uh, so I'm just going to take advantage of being able to coach these activities while I can and, and uh, enjoy every minute of it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, Hey, maybe you can grow with them, right? Like maybe, mm-hmm. maybe as you go, like you start to kind of learn what you're doing as a coach a little bit, man. Maybe, maybe we see Dan Johnson, the local high school head football coach. What do you think? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I dude, I'll tell you this right now. I do not have, patience when it comes to these new age kids that are out there here oh, i am yeah. I'm, I'm i sound old now like i have i'm a four i'm 42 years old i see how kids behave in athletics uh or just in school in general and i look back and i go man there was no way i would have been able to get away with stuff like that when i was a kid and so i look at just how kids behave these days and it's just as much the parents fault as anybody and they get away with it. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, not with my kids, man, they're, you know, discipline is kind of uh, important in our household and we make it a priority. If you act like a goof and, uh, you know, there's consequences for actions and things like that. And so, um, I don't think I could, I would just be like out of control, angry all the time with the way some of these kids are acting. And I don't have the patience for that stuff. And so I feel like, when the expectation is a five-year-old, I can handle that. Go out, have fun, be a little silly. But, you know, 18-year-old, you know, 16, 17, 18-year-olds act doing that same shit, I don't think I could handle it. Yeah, for sure. Especially when th- there's this element where you expect a five-year-old to act like a child. But when you're yep. dealing with a 17-year-old that, like, yeah. can look you straight in the eyes or maybe they're even a little taller than you, it's like <laughs> you, you shouldn't be acting like right. a child at this point. Like, there should be a right. difference in the way you carry yourself. Um, absolutely from a five-year-old yeah i think we see too much too much these days of of kids not um yeah not developing that uh actually entering into manhood when it would be physiologically appropriate right right absolutely waiting until they're much older but well man that's cool I'm, i'm glad you get that opportunity to do that so uh let's chat a little bit now about turkey season uh do you have turkey plans for the year or are you kind of sitting back so I've got to lead with a, with a pretty hilarious story. You know, I moved down to Georgia, right? Yes, sir. Uh, the other day on my hunting lease, I did not get to go. I was out consulting on a property on the opening day of turkey season. I probably shouldn't have been doing that. I probably should have been in the turkey woods, but, um, you know, you make hay while the sun shines. Right. On the lease that I'm on, I was not aware. A YouTuber who is famous for killing a lot of turkeys was on said lease too. I knew there were a lot mm-hmm. of guys. We've got like 2,000 acres. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hunted a bird with my kids during the youth season. And we got on him on this hillside both mornings. Bird did the same exact thing. Couldn't get him killed, whatever. A famous YouTuber who kills lots of turkeys went in and, according to my buddy, killed that bird on that hillside Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea he's even in the lease. They just shows yeah. up. And goes in and kills my bird, man. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know what to do with it. Tough shit. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah. 
I, you know, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Right. Like, uh, is it the fact that he's a famous YouTuber or is it the fact that some dude just got underneath you and, and shot a bird? No, it's the fact that I don't stand a chance, man. I'm not a good turkey caller. And he is. Oh, okay. He is All right. <laughs> there you go. You there, know, that's like, the real issue. Yeah, that's, that's the, the real, real issue. That's the real issue. It's you suck and he's better than that's you. That's exactly right. Like, I'm going to watch this video in a couple <laughs> weeks when it comes out. And he's probably going to make a comment like, man, that was the easiest bird I've ever killed in my life. Meanwhile, I've right. worked him two mornings in a row and can't get him killed. Uh, right. But. Well, the, it's going to be, it's not going to be that. It's going to be the title of the video is like, <laughs> I got this, I, I shot this turkey while another hunter was trying to call him in. Yeah. Like this, or, or bad hunter pushes, uh, pushes turkey right towards me. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbest bird in Georgia shot. Yeah. Uh, And your kid was with you, right? Well, no. So this was, so I had hunted it the previous weekend. He came in the following Saturday on when, when regular season opened, I wasn't out there. Um, I was on a property doing, doing some consulting work. I should have been out turkey. Gotcha. But because I've got Iowa and Wisconsin coming up for turkey season, I've kind of put Georgia on the back burner here um, and trying to get some work done beforehand. But what are your plans yeah. for turkey season? Like, do you have a tag? So I was all, I was all like, not going to do turkey season this year, uh, be just because of what I just said in the schedule. Sure, you know, I'm 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 busy five days a week, and so I might be able to get out in the mornings here um, next week at some point. But here's what I'm going to say: My daughter asked me, "Hey, uh, Dad, can I go? Can I go tr- hunting with you this spring?" And I'm like. Yeah, let's do it. And so I'm pulling my daughter out of school this Friday and I'm taking her. I'm not 100 percent sure where I'm going quite yet, but uh, I'm going to take her turkey hunting Friday morning and Saturday morning. And then we have Easter on Sunday. And so I have to come help prepare for that because I think I'm going to smoke something on the smoker, uh, smoke some meat. But um she expressed interest in going and I'm just like, Hey, if I'm going to pull my kid out of school for anything, it might as well be to go hunting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so we're going to go, we're going hunting. Uh, the youth season here in Iowa is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Sunday being Easter. And so I'm going to go out and I'm going to, uh, go do that. And hopefully, hopefully, uh, we get something. So at least something cool happens. I, you know, I can't pull the trigger. I can do pretty much everything else. She's going to have to pull the trigger. So this, this week sometime we're going to have to uh, go out to the shooting range or out in the country somewhere and uh, go shoot, you know, shoot a, a couple guns uh, to get her comfortable. Uh, she's done it before, but, uh, but it was when she was much smaller. So I'm, I'm looking forward to taking her out, trying to get some turkeys to respond. Hopefully there's been a little increase in the population. Uh, than previous years. The last couple of years have just been dead, man, uh, as far as toms are concerned. And uh, I, I hope that uh, by me getting out there early with her, uh, like one whole, basically three days before anybody else is going to be out there turkey hunting. Yeah. I hope that I can, I can hope that I can get her out there and, and do some damage to them. Yeah. And your, your season was rough last year. Didn't you turkey hunt for like three and a half hours or something ridiculous? Like, you did not get much turkey hunting in last spring. Oh no, man. I, I think I went, I went two mornings and I had the opportunity at one Tom 
uh, but he was behind a, a, a tree. And so uh, I went out, I took my dog. Well, what did I do last year? I think I took my daughter out for a little bit and then she got cold. I took her back in and then I went back out and I called a Tom in and then that was it. And I didn't get out. I didn't get a shot opportunity. He was surrounded by hens. And if I would have made a move, he would have busted. So uh, they, they worked their way away and then it was over. So it was like a total of maybe a total of like five or six hours of actual turkey hunting. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Man. Bummer. Bummer. Well, look, man, it is I'm, what it is. I'm going to be up in your neck of the woods and uh, I need, I need some help. Like what, what can I expect, man? What are you, uh, what do you think? From the turkeys? Yeah. What do you think from a turkey hunting person? Like I told you exactly the town where I'm going. You remember? The, the no, town. I don't. Okay, I'll. I'll North, but if it's northeast, right? Yeah, it's and northeast. So, right, is it in the furthest northeast county? Not the furthest northeast county, so it will be in. Is it yeah, along the Mississippi? It's like not. So it's Jackson, I think. And yep, okay. Jackson and Clinton counties, where I'll be okay. kind of honing in. Gotcha. Um, so. I mean, you're right along the, the Mississippi River corridor there. Yeah, and yeah, so not far. It, yeah, it's gonna be. You're gonna you're gonna run into some turkeys up there. I don't think. I think the turkeys are are good down south. Is where I think we've really had like a, a decline. Okay. And so, uh, basically, it's 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 gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be big terrain uh, in the Mississippi River Valley. I think depending on where you hunt, you know, there's gonna be a lot of that that farm ground finger timber but it could be a little bit more elevated dropping down into the river valleys that are up there uh should be fun you should be able to get to a high point on a field edge and and just listen and then go make a move are you a blind guy or are you a run and gun guy so a little bit of a little bit of everything so when i'm when i'm hunting in wisconsin farm country uh Mm -hmm. i am a little bit of a blind guy because a lot of the places where i have permission are just ag. So like if I get into the, if I get into the timber, I'm on someone else's property. Um, Right. But if I'm on public, then I'm a running gun kind of guy, maybe not true running gun. I'm a little more patient than that, but, um, but yeah, if I'm, if I'm in Wisconsin, I'll run a blind, but I don't plan on taking a blind with me. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to be, you're going to be running and gun. Should be fun, man. Uh, You know, time of year, uh, man, they, they, I, several years ago, they pushed the Turkey season back, uh, one week, I believe it was. And so the, I feel like when you're going to be going, and this is just my experience over the last, you know, 15 years that the first week is phenomenal. Uh, if you can get these crisp, bright mornings, you know, and they'll go bananas in the tree, uh, the second week, I feel like the turkeys are more hand up. Now you're talking okay. to a guy who, man, I'm not a, like I'm a I'm a deer guy first, a turkey sure. guy after that. And I might be even I might be a deer guy, then a fisher or a fisherman, then a mushroom <laughs> hunter, then a turkey. Oh, you can't put uh, turkeys guy. lower than mushrooms. Come on, man, dude, dude. I, well, mushrooms don't mushrooms gobble. Don't, yeah, but uh, mushrooms don't run away either. That's so true. You can just you that's can go true. look for them. Yeah, and so, uh, and so the turkey the turkey situation. I think if you if you if you get put yourself in the right position, man, you're gonna. 
I, I, I have a strong feeling you'll be able to hear them in the morning, locate them, make a move on them. And it's just de- depending on if they're hand up or not. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see, man. I, I don't know. I, I, I grabbed what tags were left and the one that, uh, what would kind of butt up towards my Wisconsin season. But, uh, yeah. look, man. So while I'm up there, I, there are two things that are crossing my mind. One, this is like a true out of state trip, right? Like I've never been to this area before. Um, so I'm trying to do a lot of planning to make sure that I have everything that I need. Um, when I travel to Wisconsin that I've got a lot of fallbacks, right? Like I've lived in that town. I've got a lot of friends Mm -hmm. in that town, um, familiar with places to stay. I can head over to somebody's house to get something and eat dinner if I need to, like not a big deal when I'm there in Iowa, I'm on my own. So as I think through like a true out of state trip and like planning, making sure I, I don't get up there and make myself miserable. What are some of the things that I need to be thinking through? Cause I know you do a lot of this out West where if you don't have what you need, like you're kind of out of luck. Yeah. Well that, and the fact that uh, I'm uh, in some, some instances out West, I'm 45 miles away from the closest town or the closest yeah. gas station. Wow. So I, where you're going to be at, that's not going to be an issue, sure. right? I mean, there's going to be towns five, 10 miles away from where you're going to be at. And so uh, that's not an issue. There's going to be state parks up there for you to hop in and, uh, um, you know, take a shower if you want to, okay. or if you want to camp at a campground. I don't think, is this going to be a piece of public, public or private you're going to be turkey hunting? So I'm, I'm probably doing a mix of both. I am, I've gone in and like marked all the, all the public within like a, I don't know, 15 or so mile radius of where I'm going to stay. And then I'm working on some permission on some private right right now. Right. Okay. So, you know, if, if you get the opportunity to hunt private, I would just be like, Hey, listen, I'm a, I'm a non-resident. I'm a, I'm an out of state or is it cool if I just park my truck at your gate opening and spend the night in the back of my truck? If, yeah. if you can do that, if you have a topper or, or you want to pitch a tent, that might be an option. Uh, there there's dirt cheap hotels all over the place. You just have to find them. Uh, and then campgrounds, right? There's yeah. going to be plenty of campgrounds in the area uh, up there uh, in Northeast Iowa for you to, fall back on because the public land in Iowa, you can't sleep in, in the parking lots. Okay. I don't think and I'm pretty sure you can't, you can't sleep in the, in the parking lots. You have to leave every night. And so, um, another thing that people don't know is, is that, um, for limited time, I think you can sleep in a Walmart parking lot. And so that's, that's free. So I think for like one day or two days, you can park your truck and go there and sleep in, in a Walmart parking lot uh, on something like that. But I th- I don't think you're going to have any issues finding places to sleep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, pack a cooler. I don't like, I personally don't like having to leave to go into town for food. Uh, so I always pack a cooler uh, of food, uh, have everything that I need right in my truck and especially sleeping. I don't like, I'm kind of frugal, so I don't necessarily like to spend money on hotel rooms unless the weather is just ridiculously wet or extremely cold. Uh, Then I might go and and spend for a hotel room. But outside of that, man, I got a good sleeping bag. 
Uh, I got all the gear that I need. I got the, my food and my water with me as well. And it's just find a good, good uh, spot to set up. And I have a topper on my truck. So really I'm, I'm a hundred percent mobile, right? I can drive 10 miles, go park in a piece of public, you know, out West I can not here in Iowa, or I can go find a campground where I can, you know, I'm, I'm real close. I'm real close. And I think a campground is like 20 bucks a night or, and uh, some of them have showers available. Uh, so everything you need is, is real close. Yeah. Yeah. So when it, when it comes to, you know, pressure. So one of the things that I've heard you say a lot is that Iowa does not have a lot of public ground. And, and that's true. The, the particular area where I'm going um, has a lot of parcels of public ground, but they're all really small. Um, and, you know, when I say small, they're all under a thousand acres. Uh, like several of them are like 40 acres. I'm shocked they even let you hunt on it, to be honest with you. Um, what, what can I expect as far as pressure goes? I mean, I know this isn't the, the, the terrain or the area where you normally hunt yeah. in Iowa, but like, what can I expect as far as, as pressure? Because I'm picking out a lot of these places. It's going to be a real bummer if there are 15 other turkey hunters in these towns, because they can take up all of these small, you know, hundred acre parcels in a morning really, really quickly. Right. Cause there's only about 15. Right. Of them. And you're hunting a weekend. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. You're hunting, you're hunting the, 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 the weekend in second season. So you're going to ex- just expect more people to be out woods then, but man, I've hunted almost every Turkey that I've killed. Not all of them, but my first, my first handful of years, uh, I was on public and we, we hunted the second season as well. And I very rarely ran into anybody out there. Uh, Now deer hunting is a completely different story, right? Archery seasons is a different story, but I don't think, I don't think you're going to have a big issue. You might pull up to a parking lot and you might see another vehicle there but you'll be able to go a completely different direction. Uh, maybe communicate with the people that you do see, Hey, where are you going? Okay, cool. I'm going to go this way. And, uh, I I don't think it's going to be such a huge issue. If you get there early, get into the woods, do your scouting, your e-scouting, look for, uh, you know, that long ridge or that high point and then kind of, or, or a field edge somewhere and then just creep, start creeping in real slow as the sun comes up. Uh, I don't think you're going to have an issue getting away from people. Just want to take a quick minute to let you know that the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best point-of-view cameras on the market for hunters and anglers. They're on the cutting edge making user-friendly cameras to help the everyday outdoorsman share your hunt with friends and loved ones. Their new 6.0 camera has a ton of upgraded features this year, but the one I'm most excited about is the new LCD touchscreen. In my mind, that is a total game-changer. And one area Tacticam really shines is with their mounts and adapters that are made with the sportsman in mind. If you've tried to film your hunting and fishing excursions, you know just how frustrating it can be to try to get an action camera aimed just right or get it attached to your weapon or in a good spot for a second angle. Well, Tacticam makes all of that a breeze with their line of mounts and adapters. This fall, I'm going to be using their stabilizer mount on my bow with the 6.0 camera and their bendy clamp paired with the 5.0 wide camera for a second angle and to make sure I don't miss any of the action. To learn more and check out their full line of products, head over to their website, Tacticam.com, and share your hunt with Tacticam. Thinking I'm going to be out of state, I, I'm trying to maximize my hunting time, right? Like, I don't want, 
I don't want to just not drive to town. I don't want to leave the woods if I don't right. have to because I've got uh, four days, and then my tag in Wisconsin is good starting the 19th. Mm-hmm. So I don't have very long uh, at all to really hunt. And so I've got to get there to a place I've never been, figure out where the places are, figure out where the pressure is, figure out where I can hunt, find birds, kill a bird in, mm-hmm. in four days. So I don't want to leave the woods. Are there things that like on these out of state hunts you have found where you just really are kicking yourself because of something you forgot? Because that, that's kind of like my fear is like, I'm going to forget this one thing. So is there like, is there Dan Johnson's one thing that he didn't bring out West that he just, that like haunts you to this day that you swear to, to yourself, you'll never leave again. Oh man, I'm pretty thorough. I, I, I usually don't pack until a day or two before I actually leave. And everything is, is just like, I, I've, I take it slow. I'm just sitting there. I go, okay, what does my day look like? I wake up, I grab this. All right. Got it. Uh, I, or I grab some food. All right. I wake up, I grab some food. Then what do I do? Okay. I, or I get dressed and I grab some food and then I grab some water. All my stuff is already packed for that day. So only thing I really have to do is throw my backpack on and then I, I go out. And so I am, I'm, I'm pretty methodical on my approach to, you know, I got, I need this, I need this, I need this all the way down to like my bow, my release. And so I, I, I really haven't, other than a pair of gloves that I had to, that I had to buy at a sporting goods store, I haven't forgot anything. Okay. I, you know, I, right. I've, I knock on wood. If I, if I do this year, I'm blaming you for it. Yeah. Well, if I forget something, I'm showing up at your house. So there you go. I'll just, I'll just there you go. Pull in and be like, Hey Dan, I, I need this. Uh, sorry, bud. I, I really need your help. So, um, man, the other part of the mission there in Iowa, right? Like part of the draw is yes, to kill a Turkey. One hunt in Iowa. I've been looking forward to hunting in Iowa for a long time. Uh, turkey hunting in Iowa is, is great. Just like deer hunting is. Part of what I want to accomplish while I'm there is to get some deer scouting in. But I know, like, when I first went from the south to hunting in Wisconsin and saw the difference in deer sign from Alabama, Louisiana to southern Wisconsin, I was super overwhelmed. Because it was like there's literally Mm – any of the spots that I would scout in Wisconsin had the amount of deer sign that would make me immediately stop and hunt it in Alabama. Right. 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 I imagine the shift could be similar going to Wisconsin. So any tips for like a non-resident who has never been to Iowa, doesn't know what he's doing. And like, I need to filter through some of what I'm going to find and, and hopefully, you know, have a good starting point when I do return for deer. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, while you're out hunting, you need to be observant because you're not hunting turkeys the entire, every moment of every day. Sure. Right. Uh, and so once that, once that time frame comes to where, you know, the birds have stopped gobbling, uh, then you can definitely start scouting for sign. Right yep. now it's going to start being green up by that point. So you're going to, you're going to lose a lot of, visualization on the terrain and what that looks like in there. So I, this is what I always say, like, especially if, if you're going to come hunt a 
once in five year state like Iowa, right? You're, you have, you, you mentioned before we started recording, I believe that um, where your turkey hunting isn't going to be where your deer hunting. And so I always recommend people take a, take the opportunity and Iowa, you know, we don't, despite what people see, despite what people hear, you're not going to probably shoot a 160 class deer. Sure. Uh, one or maybe even a 150. But if you if you put in your time, you will definitely run into a 140. Okay. okay? And for some guys, that's the biggest deer they'll ever see in their entire life. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And so I. Uh, and, but here's the kicker: we do have like if I'm I'm sitting in Georgia or Alabama and I'm daydreaming about you know a giant deer walking by like a 170, it's probably not going to happen. But in Iowa there is a reality that a 170 could walk by at some point. Yeah. And so, and so what I mean by that is take the time and try to fit in the schedule, especially Iowa to get here in March when there's no, the, the season is over. There's no leaves on the, on the trees or on the, on the shrubbery, get in here, and do as much scouting as you can. I know the second place would be, you're going to be turkey hunting, right? Yep. Uh, so get in there, do your turkey hunting, do your scouting. Um, I know it's not the same. You're not going to be hunting in the same unit, but um, you can look for principles. And I think the principles, uh, whether it's in the Northeast part of the state or in the Southern part of the state are transferable to said property. So uh, look for those, look for those, you know, transitions, look for those staging areas, things like that. And, and you should be uh, pretty good to go. Yeah, that's my plan. So um, I can't remember if I mentioned this part on air or off air, but um, when points are available for non-residents this year, I'm going to buy my fourth point in Iowa. So I'm like getting to yep. that point where I can very realistically expect to draw soon in zone five, zone six, kind of those coveted mm-hmm. tags, right? <clears throat> right. Um. So that's what I'm going to spend these on because I have so many in the future. My plan would be to switch to a zone eight or a zone nine in Iowa. And we've talked about that a little bit before on the how to hunt deer podcast, where I can go a little bit more often. I won't Mm -hmm. see the numbers of deer. Uh, There probably won't be the same amount, same number of one thirty and one forty class deer running around. Hey, there's a potential for North Northeast Iowa. Northeast Iowa, especially the Northeast County, has the 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 most Boone and Crockett entries in the entire you know in, in the entire state of Iowa. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, yeah. like, there's a real potential to run into something really special, right? And exactly. Not yeah. only that, but there's also um, the terrain. Once you get in there, is a little bit friendlier to hunt, in my opinion to hunting the rut because you can really go in and dial in on some terrain features that are going to be your all day sit kind of locations as opposed to Southern Wisconsin that doesn't quite have some of that terrain that is going to dictate deer movement as, as strongly, I guess you could say, do you, would you agree with that? Well, I've never hunted Wisconsin, so I don't, I I can't, I can't compare, but I, I have hunted the, the bluffs, right. I've, I've been in the, uh, the the bigger terrain features that that you're talking about in northeast Iowa and I've hunted south you know obviously south southern Iowa sure so um, you're just going to get more terrain up 
up there in the, in the Mississippi river Valley and all the tributaries that come off of that. And so, um, you know, if, if, if you play your cards, right, you can find those benches or you can find those, um, those transition areas amongst ridges, uh, that is going to put you in, uh, a, like a, maybe a spur Ridge leading up to a field or something like that. And definitely find yourself in, in some, in a, in a good position. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Man, when it comes to these, uh, like, public land spots, right, like that I'm looking at in Iowa, and I'm shifting kind of from turkeys to deer here, when it comes to hunting these smaller parcels for deer season, are they worthwhile or do I need to, like, because, I mean, there are a lot of, there's 150 here, there's a 120 here, there's a 40 over here and a 20 over here. Are those spots, in your opinion, worth, like, me looking at and worth my time? Or should I shift my focus and attention, you know, especially because I've got limited time to scout, should I shift my focus and attention to some of the bigger parcels that are maybe 800, 900 acres? I mean, really what, it, you know, obviously the, the bigger acreage, the more you can roam. But what I would do is if you're thinking about hunting a piece of a small piece of property, that's 40 acres. I would not only look at that, right? You're limited to to that 40 acres, but I would look at the neighborhood. Yeah. I would look at all the properties surrounding it, see what terrain features are coming in and out of it. If it's just a flat field with no terrain, it may not be the best, you know, it may not be the best, but at the same time, you know, there's deer all over the place. And so I am, I am guessing that smaller parcels get overlooked. uh, The bigger parcels get the attention and uh, it may be worth your while to find, you know, you hear stories every year about guys, you know, saying, Hey, uh, I, I popped into this, you know, 30 acre woodlot of public ground and running into something special in there. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. Well, man, that that's enough of the deer and Turkey talk. I, I've got another question for you. Um, are you feeling a little left out this morning? Because as I look at Instagram and I see some other folks from the sportsman's empire, who went to Oklahoma and it yeah. appears it was an absolute bloodbath when it comes to hunting wild hogs. I know. I know. Um, I regret it. I have fear of missing out syndrome. Yeah. Uh, so when, whenever like uh, Nick sent Nick and Andrew, they sent me some pictures, Nick from the hunt for podcast and Andrew from the Ohio outdoors podcast sent me some pictures um, I definitely got jealous and then I regret making the decision to not go down there. Yeah. And so, uh, God, that would have been fun, but it's my own fault. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I, I had to sit back and say, okay, I'm making a, a long Turkey trip. I'm going to hit Iowa. I'm going to hit Wisconsin. There's a chance I'm going to hit Ohio on the way back through. Mm-hmm. There's a chance I stop in Tennessee if I've got enough time. So like I've got a long God, I don't want to call it a turkey tour, but I got a lot of turkey hunting to do, right? Like in a, in a couple mm-hmm. weeks span. And so I just had to prioritize. And that was one that right. fell to the back burner. <clears throat> but dude, you look at what they did in just a couple of days. Like they just smashed them. They crushed. Yeah. They, they crushed. They filled four coolers and then proceeded to drive to Walmart to buy more coolers because they wanted, <laughs> <laughs> because they wanted to kill more animals. Right. It's just insane. Just absolutely right. insane. And then to top it off, Andrew from the O2 podcast 
went down to Missouri a couple weeks before that, and apparently they had just an absolute field coyote day. slaying. Yeah, yeah, with the coyotes, and he got to do the mm-hmm. whole thermal hunting at night thing and all that. And I'm like, dude, my obsession with turkeys is making me miss out on all of these other opportunities, <laughs> and and I think I'm okay with that for this year. But like this morning, man, I'm I'm really sitting back, like, gosh, I I really feel like I missed something. Yeah, I don't know, man. I. I... I used to get real, I, I used to be able to put more on my schedule, but now just, I've learned that I can't do everything all the time. Do I want to? It wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice to just like go away and hunt and do whatever you wanted all the time, but then, you know, you got your kids at home and, and dude, I, t- I tell you this, I have friends who are in their forties, never been married, don't have kids, and they just from the outside looking in, it looks like they have this spectacular life of freedom. And the guy was like, yeah, man, I'm going to go to Canada on a, this fishing trip and I'm going to go there for three weeks and I'm going to, I'm going to sleep on the side of a lake that uh, the airplane drops them down into. Wow. And then, you know, three weeks later, they're going to come pick me up or something like that. Uh, Or I go out West for, elk and then i go to after elk i do mule deer and then after mule deer i i hunt three whitetail states and you're like that that sounds amazing (laughs) but you know once you get married one leg comes off and then once you have kids the other leg comes off uh and i don't mean like that sounds bad but it's the truth right you're not as mobile you can't be as mobile so that's where the planning and preparation really comes into play yeah, for sure. And and I think we would both say we wouldn't trade it for that, right? Like we wouldn't Exactly. We wouldn't trade the life of wife and kids for that life of of absolute freedom where they go out and, and kill <laughs> Dan says, "But would but would you? But, but, but would we? But you know there's days where you're just like, "Holy cow." Yeah. Like the other the other day, I think it was a over I want to say it was over a deflated. This is not even a, a fully inflated toy basketball. I mean, it's the size of a softball. It was a basketball. All three of my kids were fighting over it. And <laughs> I wanted to leave my family at that point. They were fighting over it. Oh, I didn't goodness. want to be a part of it anymore. And I was just like, hey, you know, I, my, my parenting only goes so far. Uh, you guys are on your own. And then I just kind of went outside for a little breath of fresh air. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. There, there are definitely those, those stressful days. Like, uh, yesterday with my crew, we, uh, it was really warm. It was like, you know, 70 something degrees here in Georgia. Right. We filled up a bunch of water balloons. It's water play time. Right. Like, and, okay. as, a, and as an adult, as a parent, you put so much work into water balloons, right? Like it takes some yeah. time to get them all filled up, tied up, ready to go. So we did over a hundred water balloons yesterday. My Did kids you use the ones that you, you screw onto the hose and it blows up like 10 of them at like 20 of them at one time. So we did, we did try that. We did. We okay. did. Yeah. So we did some of that, which was great. Cause that, that adds to yeah. it. But dude, even after you go through that, the kids went through every single water balloon in a total of about three and a half minutes. Yep. I That's mean, they fact. were, they were gone in, mm-hmm. in no time. And it's like, Oh, they're, there went my day. Like that was my day, yep. right? There. That was a symbol of my day, that pile yep. of water balloons. And now, now they're nothing. It takes longer to set up the kid activity 
than it does for the kid activity or to the kids lose interest in the activity. Yep. So it's like, okay, I'm going to get out all these coloring books, blah, blah, blah. They color like half a page and like, uh, now what? Now what? Cause you, your goal is to keep them off of YouTube or keep them off. Yeah. Uh, the video games, right? Yep. You got to try to find, okay, let's go outside. It's finally nice. Let's go outside. They play. Eh, I'm bored. Go ride your bike. Okay. Go ride your bike up and down. I'm bored. And then finally, at some point you got to get stuff done and you're just like YouTube, right? Yeah. And then they zone out into zombies and uh, uh, then you can finally get some peace. But then that's when I feel guilty about it. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, dude, yeah. you, I feel like you pay for it too. So like, you know, you, you pop on a movie or something for the kids so that you can get, you know, an hour and a half, like a full work concentration time. Once that movie is over, my kids are younger. They're eight, six, and four, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, on the young end of things, when they're yep. done with a movie, their moods just go to crap. Like, they're, they can be wonderful, peaceful, having a great day so far. We did crafts in the morning. All right, let's watch a movie. Now it's time for Dad to get some stuff done. They watch a movie, and then from that point on, it's like the rest of the day they just fight and scream yeah and it's like it melts their brain and and short circuits them for the rest of the day yeah i can't wait till summer vacation uh when i don't know have you ever seen have you ever seen the movie indiana jones and the search for the holy grail i have but it's been a long time yeah so indiana jones and this other guy you know there's other people and there's all these cups sitting along the wall and you know, you, know, you got to pick the right cup to drink out of that gives you eternal life, or it heals your, you know, it will heal your body. And so the first guy comes up, and he he's this goblet, right, gold encrusted things, and and you're supposed to pick the the cup that represents Jesus. Well, he dips it into the holy water, he drinks it, and he slowly decays it from a, a, a person into a skeleton and then turns to dust and blows away. That is the best representation of parenting that I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, just like you start off the day like, okay, I'm the greatest dad in the world. Yeah. And then by the end of the day, you're just this hideous monster that yeah. eventually gives up and fades away. Dude, that that's actually really – yeah, because you, <laughs> you can start the day with, like, the best intentions and, like, yep. you know, just yep. kind and patient and, like, yep. ready to get some activity. Hey, guys, I got all this – we're going to do all this stuff today. It's going to be great. And then, yeah, by the end of the night, it's it's screaming, go brush You're your You're a psychopath, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And and they won. And they won. Yeah. Just like they that. They won. They won. And then they get to they get to see us at our worst. Uh, I mean, I have, you know, and this has slowly turned from a hunting podcast into a, uh, I don't I don't want to call it a parenting podcast, but like a, bound to a venting, yeah, a venting session where... I call it volcano dad. Yeah. Like, like I even now warn my kids like, Hey, listen, uh, I'm, I'm doing the best I can here. The next step is volcano dad. And you do not want volcano dad, volcano dad. For those who don't know what volcano dad is, a volcano is basically just a mountain. Most of the time, right? It's just a mountain. It's pretty to look at. You can climb on it. You can have fun with it. But then when you're naughty, that mountain starts to steam a little bit, 
right? And and the mountain starts to give you signs like uh, if I say, hey, go brush your teeth and you don't brush your teeth or hey, go pick up the basement because you got all the toys out, but you didn't put them away. You know, I've told you six times now, I'm starting to get a little angry. The steam comes off the mountain and now the mountain's starting to look a little bit more like a volcano, right? So there's signs. But the people, they never pay attention to the signs. They're like, oh, the steam's going to go away. And then finally, there's a breaking point where the mountain explodes. It lays waste to communities and there's lava and there's poison and thousands and thousands of people die. These people, they knew the volcano was coming, but they did nothing to prepare for it. And so now they're in shock. They've seen me at my worst. I have completely blown up. I, I, I ruin my day. I ruin my kid's day. And, but here's the thing they learn that after, after the volcano explodes, there is, there's a, there's a period of peace Mm. where there's no fighting. (laughs) There's no, there's no arguing, you know, nobody's taking advantage of the, the volcano or the mountain anymore because they, you know, Everything is peace because they know that the volcano can destroy their lives. And, and then, and then time slips away and they, they, generations pass. Nobody respects the volcano anymore. And then wham, here comes the volcano again. Right. And so I do my best to not turn into volcano dad, but I will say that um, it happens. And then after that, my kids respect me. Dude, by force, by force. We we have got to write a children's book <laughs> called Volcano Dad. Called Volcano Dad. Yeah, yeah we're dude. It, it begins yeah. with it. It's got to begin with like this animated Dan Johnson telling his kids to brush their teeth, and then they don't do it right, and then you go into the parable, like right, telling the story of the volcano, yeah. and then it just goes over to like so at the very end, you've just got a couple of confused kids looking at you. And yeah. you tell them to go brush their teeth and they totally ignore you again. And it closes with you just looking into the, looking at the reader with steam coming off your head. Like you're about to blow, like everybody knows what's about to happen. And that's the Oh end. man, that's a good, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, or, kids or dad, or dad, like a dad standing on this, this landscape and in the background is this lava just destroyed an entire city. <laughs> That could be, or the other, the other one would be a a book called just like, don't beep with dad. Oh, I like that. Like, don't beep with dad. And then it's just stories. just like, Hey, dad tried to warn you. Dad's been real cool about this whole thing. Dad's got a really long fuse, but that really long fuse leads to a thousand pounds of dynamite. And so, uh, He's cool, man, but don't bleep with dad. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, man, this is uh, this has gone from turkey talk <laughs> it's been educational to deer talk <laughs> to just talking about what our buddies are up to now to parenting. Right. This has been really good. So uh, I want to close with this, man. There's some exciting stuff that's been going on with uh, Sportsman's Empire. You know, we've been working together for a little over a year now as far as podcasting and uh, man, it's just a good time, right? To be part of the yeah. network. It's a good time to be doing what we're doing. Why don't you let the folks know what we've got rocking at the, uh, at the network and what they can expect maybe in the next couple of months. Yeah, dude, man. Okay. So here's this. Um, 
I haven't even made any announcements on this yet, but uh, Vapor Trail, the company Vapor Trail, yeah, they're going to be putting a podcast out on the network. Um, I, I'm, I'm closing a deal with uh, a company called Hunt Science. And so it's oh, nice. all about the science behind like all the animals that we hunt. And so that thing's coming to life. Um, we're, we're in the process now of looking for a new host for the Michigan podcast. Yep. And so I've been talking to people like that. So we have three, we have three podcasts um, that are going to like two are going to be brand new. And then uh, the other one's going to kind of have a little bit of a reboot. Uh, and so, I mean, outside of that, I, you know, it's just business as usual, yeah. putting out some just amazing content, man. I can't, uh, I can't believe the quality of content that we're putting out and you know, maybe I'm biased, but I, I'm going to put our, our content up against any other, uh, podcaster out period. I don't care who they are. I don't care how big they are. The quality of content coming out of the sportsman's empire is at the top. Yep. I agree, man. It's, it's just gotten better and better. And I look at a lot of guys, um, you know, none of the shows on the network have ever been bad. Let's, you know, they're all, oh, no. they're, we're all vetted pretty thoroughly, but yeah. the, like I've gotten to watch the growth in some guys over the last year and a half or so. And yeah, yeah just top notch quality coming out. It's not your typical, uh, bunch of podcasts where, you know, you listen to it and it's just two guys goofing off. Although sometimes it is that, yeah. but you always walk yeah. away with something, you know, there's entertainment, there's a little bit of education, um, Absolutely. everything you want out of a podcast. So good stuff. Mm-hmm. Guys, go check them out. Uh, sportsmansempire.com. Keep up with everything that we're doing. Instagram at Sportsman's Empire. Is that right? Is there, a, is there an yes. underscore in there? Yeah. Some, yeah. I had to redo my, uh, my uh, Instagram feed because someone thought I was ripping them off or something. I don't know. But uh, Sportsman's, I think it's Sportsman's underscore Empire. Okay. All yeah. right, and they can find you where? Nine Finger Chronicles. All things Nine Finger Chronicles. All things Nine Finger Chronicles. Oh, and by the way, uh, if you're listening to this, the Sportsman's Empire has now started putting a lot of, of video content on the Sportsman's Empire uh, YouTube channel. I'm not sure if this – is this one going on there? I don't know. I, we're toying around with some things. So you might be a guinea pig. This yeah. might go up. This might be one of those that I'm like, eh, not ready yet. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I know that all the all the Nine Finger Chronicles uh, podcasts I'm recording video too. And so if you want to just look at people interview each other, then you can you can go there as well. So I'm just really looking forward to the next uh, couple months, get some growth because uh, it's growing season here for the the network where we expand where we put out a ton of content and then uh, it's basically preparing us for, uh, for the hunting season. Yeah, man. So how many, so after we, we launch these next couple or bring on the next few, how many podcasts are we going to be at? I think I'm looking at the schedule here, man. I, I think we're launching. It's not 25. It's going to be close to 25 episodes a week, different episodes Jeez. a week. Okay. And, and on top yeah. of that, it's like, I want to say that 25 is, I put out two, the Houndsman XP podcast puts out two a week. There are three. I think that's, Houndsman's at three. three. Yeah, they're three. Yeah, Houndsman, yep, Houndsman XP is at three. And so of those 25 uh, 
podcasts uh, a week or episodes a week. I think we have 20 or 21, maybe even 20, yeah, 21 content providers. Yeah. Uh, and so towards the end, you know, once we get everything up, uh, else launched and, and uh, ready to go, then we're going to almost be at max capacity. Dude, that's awesome. Well, good stuff, yeah. man. Thanks for coming on the show today. And uh, yeah, everybody go check them out. Nine Finger Chronicles. If you're listening to this, you probably yeah. already listened to Dan. So uh, just is what it is. Hey, good luck to everybody uh, out in the turkey woods, man. Yeah, good luck to you, brother. That's all for this week's episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you dig this show, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. While you're at it, if you could leave me a five-star review, I would very much appreciate that. You can also follow along with my outdoor adventures on Instagram at the Wisconsin Sportsman or at How to Hunt Deer. That's also the best way to get a hold of me. Suggest topics, guests, or questions that you'd like me to explore on the show. Big thanks to our partners, Tacticam, Huntworth, and Onyx. Please go support the brands that support this show. And if you're looking for more great outdoor content, check out thesportsmansempire.com where you'll find my other podcast, the How to Hunt Deer podcast, as well as a ton of other awesome outdoor podcasts. And until next time, make sure you make the time to get outside and enjoy the incredible natural resources that are ours as Wisconsin sportsmen.